Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public for your next project, don't pay retail, pay wholesale. Go to rmfp.com. Mace, how are you? I'm all right. It's a lovely day. It doesn't feel like the holidays, but that's okay. Would you rather be snowing? No, I'd ra- I like it. Like it does- I know it's a lot what a lot of people f- feel that they want snow they want a little bit of a nip in the air i kind of like just wearing a windbreaker are you wearing shorts today absolutely yeah again i grew up in chicago lived in buffalo and in montana you know this is not cold i'm wearing i'm wearing sweatpants so i guess so you're wearing you're wearing pants or drawstrings again i am we got to get you out of that habit i wore jeans out to the uh broncos stuff today but uh, dressing up well you know what it's uh like you told me about how when you were in television yeah and you'd wear i believe shorts and sandals desk yes i was was eric of nazareth yeah i mean the the shot that the shots that we use here are from basically the uh the belly button up yeah who who cares that i'm wearing sweatpants no it's, it's not really that you're wearing sweatpants again and I'm, I'm miserable, so I might as well be comfortable. Well, no, I didn't say that. I'm just saying, <laughs> once you find yourself wearing pants that consistently have drawstrings, you're saying something about, well, I don't care how I look. I That's I, what you're basically saying. I and I don't want you to be that guy. New Year's coming up. Let's get a nutrition plan for you. And you said you ate really well during the football season, so you're raring to go. Right, but that doesn't mean I don't, doesn't mean I don't want to be comfortable. Even though, like I said, first time in my professional life, I haven't gained weight during football season. Huge accomplishment for me. Right, right. So, but I still took a look at the sweatpants that were uh, sitting folded in my drawer, or and I a- said, hey. I- I think that goes nicely with the windbreaker I'm going to wear for the show. I'll just wear that. Or another way to say it, you saw those sweatpants crumpled up on the floor after three days of usage and said, I don't feel like walking to my drawer. I'll slip these on. No, that's not what I said. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Well, Drew Locke had his first press conference this season as the starting quarterback. And he opened with an opening statement a la Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Yeah. And was it provocative? Not really. Okay. But opening statements kind of set a tone. I mean, he talked today about what he'd learned from watching Teddy Bridgewater, what he'd learned from talking to him, what he learned in the classroom. I think one of the things he learned was set the tone with an opening statement of your press conference. Well, he said he's excited for his opportunity to work with the first team at practice this week. He's excited to be starting. So with that, there is a saying, if you're not going to win, at least be exciting to watch. Do you feel that way about Locke starting? Eh, I define exciting football as winning football. 
Okay, I'm with you there. I mean, it's a high wire act. Right. You you don't look, you don't know if you're going to get Drew Lock against uh Drew Lock against the Panthers or the Texans. And he, by the way, both of those great games for him, he still turned the ball over in those games. I'm with you. And or you don't know if he, it's going to be Drew Lock like the last time he went against the Raider, Raiders in Las Vegas when he threw four picks or just letting opportunities slip all over the place. That's that's the thing. You, you, the excitement, I guess, is in the fact that you don't know. You're, you're, you're stepping up to the slot machine and you're pulling the, the lever and you might get $3 signs. That's exciting. You also might get... Uh, Nothing. A cherry, a bar, and... What's another thing that you see on the slot machine? I don't play slots. I count on you to know this gambling stuff. I'm not a gambler. Apple, how's that work? Does okay, that work fine. For yeah, a, you a, get three things Granny that basically. Apple. You get three things that basically show you wasted your money. Here's the thing: when Drew Lock drops back, you're either saying "Ooh" or "Oh," one of the two. Yeah. It, it, you never know what you're going to get. You might get a wow, or you might get a obscenity and I, and I, at and the I'm, end of it and i'm with you on that but at least it's going to be more exciting to watch it w- because with know. bridgewater listen and it's fine that he's steady teddy but with what we have seen recently it hasn't been pleasant to watch it just hasn't been and with at least watching lock you're going to get some throws where you go wow and you might get oh wow again i get that but at least it's exciting to watch. And, and I would always rather have a win. I'm with you there. But it's not as if the Broncos are... are the, the, the Broncos offense this year is more of a finger painting than a Picasso. And I understand that Drew Locke is not a Picasso. It's splatter paint. But in the end, it can look pretty good. And it can also look like splatter paint. Yeah, but what is there a better chance of happening? A masterpiece or a looking like something that was a four-year-old on acid. You know what? It, hey, mm. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you another analogy. It's like eat, watching Teddy Bridgewater is like eating saltine crackers every single Sunday, and eventually you just get tired of it because you know exactly how this offense is going to look. So at, you go at least to, we're getting at least we're getting Ryan Melba toast. It's a nice change. See, what I was thinking is it's more like you're getting shrimp, but you don't know... Uh, how long they've been out. You know what I'm saying? You, you, hey, maybe they're fresh and you could have an amazing meal. Or maybe they've been sitting out too long and they're a little bit funky and you get sick at the end of it. You, well, that you, doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't sound good. But that's but you've got both possibilities here. The thing is, though, I actually believe that the Broncos' best chance to win is probably going to be by largely taking the ball out of Drew Locke's hands and putting it into the hands of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I think they need to think in terms of having the kind of game plan the Colts are having for Carson Wentz right now. I won't disagree, but the Broncos also have a better chance to be better on offense if Pat Shermer would stop lining up three wide receivers in so many multiple formations. They are better when they run two tight ends. Yes. They are better when they run play action. They are better when they essentially give Drew Locke one read. You- and that's why and that's why I think you hit the nail on that with play action. That's the that should be most of the passing game plan here. You run 
and then you set up the play action off of that, and you take shots judiciously. You when you do play fake boot, you restrict Drew Locke's field of vision to one side of the field. This isn't about developing Drew Locke and seeing if he can grow and read the no, and read and not. process the entire. It's about field. winning games, right? Now. It's about right now winning games, getting through this period, and trying to do the best for the entire team. Pat Shermer. He was he would throw the entire field at Drew Locke right. last year to see if he could do it. And he can't. It. And and he's and he struggled at that. Right. So you limit the you limit the the, the range that he's processing. You basically if because if you do the play fake boot, you're cutting off half the field. And then if you do it right in the play fake boot, you've got short, intermediate, long targets. You know who Pat and Sh- it's all in front of him. He doesn't have to do a lot of scanning, and he just takes whatever whatever is the best shot. And does that mean it's going to make him any better as a quarterback long-term? No, it's Probably not. not. But that's not what this is about. This right. is about what is best for the team right now. If Pat Shermer was sitting across the table from me, you know what I would say to him? Call Scangarello and ask him what he did. Yeah. But he won't. But he won't. Pat Shermer needs to understand he's also trying to save his job. He's not trying to develop drew lock mm-hmm. go out there it's a three-game season drew lock right now is not going to develop any more than he is that's up to him going into the offseason whether he's with the broncos or not give lock a game plan that he can handle mm-hmm. because he can't handle the whole playbook and that was the funny thing because when you go back in time mm-hmm. what we are seeing with drew lock is what Mike Shanahan saw in Jake Plummer. Mm-hmm. He did not see Jake Plummer as a guy who could handle the entire playbook. It was limiting to Shanahan, who had far more plays that were far more better designed than Pat Shermer has. And the reason why he changed to Jay Cutler was he felt Cutler could do the entire playbook. I, I hate to use this term dumbing it down for, for Drew Locke, but you need to put him in the best position to succeed short-term because right now it's a three-game season. It's not, it's not about his development anymore. Yeah, and really it's, it's not. It's a one-game season at this point. Right. You're, you're literally going week-to-week right now. You know, it's funny that you mentioned Mike Shanahan because I also think of Mike's son, Kyle. You remember in the 2019 playoffs, the Niners had injuries at running back galore. Right. And yet... Their best plan ended up being taking the ball largely out of the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo and putting it in the hands of their running backs. When they beat Minnesota in the divisional round that year, they passed 21 times and ran 47 times. In the, when they beat Green Bay in the conference championship, they, pass, they had nine passing plays and they had 42 runs. We saw the game plan that the Colts had with Carson Wentz last week, and it was heavy on Jonathan Taylor, light on Carson Wentz passing. This is the kind of imbalance that I think the Broncos need to have. This isn't going to be Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Oh, who's running back one? Who's running back two? If you run the ball as much as you should in this game, they're both running back one. They're they're each touching the ball about 20 times in this game. We are going to find out just what kind of coach Pat Shermer is. Yes. Is he stubborn as a mule or is he going to coach to win? Kyle Shanahan coached to win. Right. Pat Shermer has been stubborn for two years with Drew Locke. 
if you if when you're watching the game, to those who are listening and to those who are watching, when you are watching this game, if you see a lot of three wide receiver sets, Pat Shermer is a stubborn ass donkey because that is not where Drew Locke is going to succeed. And it's not Pat Shermer's job anymore to develop Drew Locke because my guess is neither guy is going to be here next year. So, Pat, what are you trying to prove? There's nothing else to prove. You're probably not going to be back. So you might as well go out on a high and make your quarterback look great Mm -hmm. on Sunday and maybe the final two games of the season. Coming up after the break, Pro Bowl rosters will be announced tonight. Vic Fangio was asked about that. He said one guy should be a lock. Other guys, well, I think they should be in the Pro Bowl. Who did he say? Who was he talking about? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. Reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. As you know, if you're a business owner, finding the right location is so important, whether you're buying or leasing or even if you are selling. Heather and her team, nine-person team, they think out of the box. They are creative. They have thoughtful, dynamic real estate services, and their brokers are ranked top 10 in the Denver metro area. I mean, what else could you possibly want? So with that, go to impactcommercial.co. That's impactcommercial.co. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. Pro Bowl rosters are going to be announced tonight at 6 o'clock. Five guys have already been announced as a little bit of a tease. Tom Brady, of course, on the list. Aaron Donald, Travis Kelsey, Cup. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, I believe, are the five guys that have been announced. With that, Vic Fangio was asked at his press conference today if he believes Justin Simmons should make it. He said he believes Justin's a lock. Then went on to say Pat Sertan, Javante Williams, Melvin Booker are deserving candidates. Melvin Booker. I wrote Melvin Booker. Why didn't you correct that for me? Oh, man. I, I keep saying Melvin Booker. Nobody is keeping Gordon. the uh, the the, the great college career former Mizzou better than standout me. Melvin Booker, Devin's dad, by the way, alive, better than you. No one was a better mm. Missouri basketball player, though, than Josh Kroenke, and I digress. Hey, easy. No, no love for John Sunvold, Steve Stepanovich? No, actually, I like Derek Chivas. Listen, I like Josh a lot as a person, so <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give him a shout-out. All right. With that, um, if Simmons gets in, this will be his second Pro Bowl. He's already been named a second-team All-Pro. But if he continues at this trajectory, and let's say he makes it to eight Pro Bowls, kind of like um, Steve Atwater did. Dennis Smith went to six, and John Lynch went to too many to count. 
With that, where do you think he will rank amongst the all-time great Bronco safeties, and how do you think he will be remembered? And he has a long career to go. Yeah, I mean, if he gets to eight Pro Bowls and he does them, and he does it all in Denver, then he probably is right there behind Steve Atwater in terms of safeties in Broncos history. See, here's the as fun- a Bronco. See, here's the funny thing: is I well, Dennis Smith was a Bronco. He was, but he, but eight Pro Bowls is probably going to be getting Justin Simmons in the Hall, of, legitimately in the Hall of Fame conversation. With that, when you rattle off the names Atwater, Smith, and Lynch, they are in one bucket, and Simmons is in the other because they're different types of safeties. A totally yeah. different. It's apples and oranges. Atwater, Smith, Lynch. Pounders. Thumpers. Thumpers. No question about it. Simmons is a freelancer. He is a center fielder, and he does make plays. But they're two totally different types of players. No one is ever going to remember Steve Atwater for an interception. Or John Lynch. Or probably I remember John Lynch for some interceptions in Tampa Bay. You remember him better for hitting. I remember he had a huge interception in a playoff game against Washington back in January of 2000. That was as big a play as any hit, That's but I great. digress. He's, he's known for being a hitter. How about Sertan, Javante Williams, Booker? Well, uh, Gordon, Melvin Gordon. God! <laughs> Josh Crump. This is like a, this is a mental block at this it point really with you. It really is. You know, I hope he can... I'm, a, I'm as big a Melvin Booker fan as anybody, but I... I yeah, I know. Let's. Uh, I don't let's bring him up as often as you. How do. much of a chance do you think those guys have? Uh, I'd say with Javante and Melvin Gordon, they're probably about the same, and their chance is predicated on how far down the alternate list they end up and which guys end up pulling out. Because inevitably, you have guys who say, "I don't want to make the pro. I don't want to play in the Pro Bowl," and that's it. And then the guys that are asked to replace inevitably kind of say, "Okay, I'll do it unless I'm injured." Because you get a nice little bonus for that, and it, and if you're an alternate, but you make it to the Pro Bowl, eventually get selected. They don't. It doesn't go in the record books and say you were an alternate. It says you were a Pro Bowler. So that's what you're basically. If you're Williams or Gordon, I think what you're hoping is that they're kind of that they're the first or second alternate, but they're not getting past Joe Mixon. They're not getting past Nick Chubb. They're not getting past uh, Jonathan Taylor. That's your one, two, three. They're not going to be in the Pro Bowl conversation. Right. Uh, Pat Sertan is the interesting one. And Pat Sertan deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. According to SportRadar.com, when he's targeted, he allows a 56.9 passer rating when he's targeted. But cornerback, like safety, is a little bit reputation-based to start. Correct. And I'll give you a great example. Champ Bailey was not a pro bowler as a rookie, even though in Washington in 1999, he was an astoundingly good rookie, legitimately one of the best corners in the game, like Pat Sertan is today, but he didn't make the pro bowl, and that's the kind of thing you might be looking at for Pat Sertan tonight. What you need is your first one. Yeah, That's what you need. So if Pat Sertan gets it this year, barring injury, he's, he's going to be a pro bowler pretty much for the rest of his career. If people know who he is now... He's just going to get there on reputation alone. Mm-hmm. The hard thing for Justin Simmons, going back to him, is he was a late bloomer. Steve Atwater was not a late bloomer. He came into the league in 1989, and one year later, he was a pro bowler. It's taken Justin Simmons many years to get there. It did. It Basically, it took him until his fifth season to get that recognition. Right. You know who else it took five years to get that recognition? 
John Lynch. So for Justin Simmons, a big key here for whether we're talking about being exactly being on a Canton trajectory right. rather than just a ring of fame trajectory. I think he's clearly as my as the Tecmo Bowl sound goes off. Justin Simmons is clearly on a ring of fame trajectory, no doubt. No question. But Hall of Fame trajectory probably requires like John Lynch playing 14 or 15 years. And that's going just to depend on how healthy he stays. I said this to you before, and you said, I can't believe you're rooting against a guy. It's not that I'm rooting against him. I just really, I don't want to, I don't want him to succeed for two reasons. One, because I want to be right. I want to be right. And I don't wish him ill will. I don't want him to get injured, but I'm talking about Justin Fields. I have no interest in seeing him have any deal, great deal of success for two reasons. How does his name come up in this conversation? This Be, was a pivot. Because if Pat Sertan makes the Pro Bowl, the question is, do people look at George Payton and say, maybe he did make the right pick? They'll start looking at that, but we won't get a firm determination until we know the, the eventual value of Justin Fields. And as I've said many times... Because a quarterback is just worth more... Than a, a a a good quarterback, good enough to get a long term deal. Like if the Bears get their quarterback for ten years and he ends up signing a long term contract after his rookie deal, right? A good corner or a good a good QB, a franchise QB, is worth more than a great corner, right? It just simply the case that it's it's positional value. Got it. With that. I'm going to bang this drum for as long as I'm in the media. It could be two more weeks. It could be two years. It could be 20 years. But I will always bang this drum. Okay? Okay. The Broncos, Broncos fans had no interest in Mac Jones. Don't ever bring up his name that the Broncos should have drafted him. No Broncos fan wanted Mac Jones. So if he turns out to be the next Tom Brady, don't tell me the Broncos could have had Mac Jones. Please don't go there with me because I never heard anybody say they should get draft Mac Jones. Zach Stevens, a DMVR did over Justin Fields. Yes, I believe Gil Whiteley was pretty high yeah. on Mac Jones. As okay, well. there well, are a few. So there are a few, few people. people. In, there are a few people in few Denver people. media now, and I, I want to give them credit because they because both of them were consistent Good. on being fans of McCorkle. So they can have that argument if they want to. But 98 percent of Broncos country. Don't bring that to me. It was about Justin Fields. That's the guy we should take. That should be the comparison moving forward. Let's see how Justin Fields does. Just like you can't say, I cannot believe the Broncos did not trade up and get Patrick Mahomes. It's the same thing. He was never part of the conversation. Yeah. Instead, they took Garrett Bowles. Now, if you want to say they should have taken Ryan Ramchek, that's fine. And by the way, I was one of those guys. Say Ryan Ramchek? Yeah. Me too. Well, because you're a Wisconsin guy, you're a total homer. That's not a homer. You want pick. everybody out of Wisconsin. I'm surprised. You, I'm surprised you're not saying the Broncos should bring back Al Toon. It's not Wisconsin. How'd, how'd you like it's that? It's not everybody. How'd you like that? that that's really good. But it's not everybody about Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin offensive linemen. I understand. because their success rate is so much higher than that of offensive linemen from other programs because they're corn fed mules. That's because what they, they teach them well. I understand. Because they because they run a pro style offense with pro concepts right. and they have an easier transition to the pro game. 
Right. That's what. And and then when you're legitimately talented like Ramchek is on top of all that. Right. And it's not that Garrett Bowles, you know, Garrett Bowles has eventually lived up to being a first round pick. For although one, for one season and, and this year he has they, not been as good. And on and it has to be said that guy who has a $17 million a year deal, you are paying a tackle that much money to be able to handle a top-tier edge rusher yep. without chipping help. And when the chips were down, pardon the pun, Sunday against the Bengals, Trey Hendrickson ate his lunch. Right. Coming up after the break, Draymond Green was on TNT last year, and he was doing some analysis of Nikola Jokic. And if you remember correctly, he crushed Jokic. We had a segment on this. crushed him. Well, Draymond talked about that the other day, about crushing Jokic. And Jokic talked to him about it. What did Jokic have to say? That's next. And I hope you like Jamin too. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to impactcommercial.co. Okay, last season, Golden State for Draymond Green did a guest spot on TNT's basketball show. I was watching it live, and my jaw dropped because some of his comments pissed off a lot of Nuggets fans. There's a way of crushing someone. You don't just have to crush a guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think one big moment I had on, on TV was, I, I it was a whole segment. I think I had four clips at halftime, and we were it was a Nuggets game. And I went at Jokic's defense. I'm like, if they're going to ever be a good team, he's the back line of the defense. He has to be good defensively. And I show four clips, him not rotating over as the low man, him not moving. One, like, four clips. And I was very critical of him. He came up to me that following year, and he said, hey, I, I like, he said something along the lines, like, I saw what you said about my defense or something. I Like, you were right, or I appreciate it, or... Something right. he said like that. And he said, I've gotten better. I said, you've 100% gotten better. I've been watching you this year, and you've 100% gotten better. And that mm-hmm. was a big moment for me because this TV thing is new. With that, how do you think most athletes would handle that criticism? Not with the grace that Nicole Jokic did. I could tell you how they'd handle it. It'd begin with the letter F. And it would end with you. Yeah. And there would be words 
the next time that player saw Draymond Green on the floor. Jokic is just wired different. He's not just different as a player. He's just wired differently than other athletes. He's willing to learn. He's one of the smartest basketball players out there. What's interesting is, is that, and we have seen this more than a few times this season, you can get under his skin during a game. And yes, he should be getting more calls. No reasonable person is going to argue that. But he handled that with so much class and grace where so many other players would have been waiting and would have circled the calendar to be on the floor with Draymond Green. That tells you what type of guy that Nikola Jokic is. It really does. Bigger man than I would be. Bigger man than most would be. You know what's funny? Okay. See... I don't mind somebody criticizing me, and and I don't know how this is going to come out sounding. I don't mind if somebody criticizes me if I truly believe they're right. Then I take it as, you know what? I do need to get better. So when somebody criticizes me, I think about that criticism and say, you know what? Maybe they have a point. Maybe they really have a point. But if they don't have a point, then I will get bent out of shape. For you, you, if somebody criticized you about something and you knew they were kind of right, would you still go off on him? No, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't say anything. And, I, I, and I'll admit that if I get something wrong, I'll say, yeah, I got Man, it you wrong. you got to turn off that phone. You don't like hearing the Tecmo Bowl uh, no. sound? I'm, I'm going to go Broncos PR. Turn off your phones before the press conference. <laughs> but I like, but hey, anyway, well, there you go. See, I'll take that criticism from you. Well, it's not, it's not, it's not I turned criticism. off my phone. There. Well. You're right. I should turn off my phone. I didn't and say. And I just said you were right. Well, you know what? Notice I didn't say anything the first time. I did say it the second time. With that, how much respect do you have for Green for having the courage to make these comments on live television? And the emphasis I'm putting on that sentence is current player. That's the thing. Usually you have former players who even then they don't want to run afoul. You know, the problem with a lot of former players when they go into media is they tend to want to protect their fellow players and and friends friends and that and the thing is you if a if an ex-player or an ex-coach goes into broadcasting if they cannot generate that willingness to critique and yeah you're gonna piss off some people Charles Some Barkley people, doesn't care who right. he pisses off. Shaquille but, O'Neal doesn't care who he pisses but off. But, for example, Jason Witten did when he was on Monday Night Football. And that's part of why, in that one season, he was a terrible broadcaster. Why? He wasn't willing to critique people that oh. he played with. Oh, I thought you said he was critiquing people. No, he wasn't. Yeah. And it's a struggle. You, you have to get it's tough to get past yeah. for a lot of guys. When once you get once you understand that it's part of what you have to do, that you have to be candid in this, then you'll succeed. One thing that I can say about Draymond Green, if he's willing to criticize Nicole Jokic as an active player like that, right. he probably has a brilliant career in front of him as a broadcaster. He does. If when he retires he chooses to go down that path. It, because it, he's all because he's already turned off that filter in his mind. 
when he's speaking in front of a microphone. But there's a way to say it too. I don't remember. I watched it live, but I don't remember exactly how he said it, and I don't remember exactly what he said. There is a way to say it in a nice, constructive way, and then just saying. Jokic's defense is awful. Mm-hmm. He is just flat out terrible, doesn't hustle. That's one way of saying it. And then you can say it another way, which is probably a lot nicer. Still, that person might be upset, and that you say it is what it is. Mm-hmm. When I was in Chicago, and I've said it to you before, I did the pre and post game shows for, for four teams Cubs, White Sox, Bulls, and Blackhawks. I had analysts for all of those teams. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, I, I didn't have to say it to Bill Melton, uh, who used to play for the White Sox. Norm Van Leer with the Bulls, I mean, he was an open book about being critical. But some yeah. other guys, you had to kind of pull it out of them. And you almost have to coach them and say, you don't have to go after them. But the fans know. The fans see what you see. And if you are going to sugarcoat it so much that you're going to make the fans gag on your analysis, mm-hmm. then this job isn't long for you. It just isn't. I give Draymond Green a lot of credit. I give Jokic even more credit for the way that he handled it. And I'm glad that it worked out mm-hmm. for both guys. And you're right. Draymond Green, I'm sure, has a nice future in television or radio being an analyst. Because to your point, he has gotten over that hump where so many guys just can't. TNT and ESPN are probably already thinking about when he retires and who's going to add him to their stable. No question. There already are. All right, what do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? Well, we discussed the replacement players in the NBA yesterday, and more and more teams are starting to add some of these guys, a couple of whom have been out of the league for a couple of years. We'll take a look at those. And also, which 10-win NFL team is at biggest risk of being upset over the weekend? That's next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Have you ever given your daughter your credit card number? No. I just didn't. I... For Apple uh, Music, I changed my card over. Yeah. And she goes, can I have your card? And I'm thinking, I trust you. That's said, that's wonderful. I'm I'm a few years off from that with my daughter, but she's only nine. Well, I said to her, make sure you take that piece of paper that you wrote it on, rip it up immediately, yeah. and if they ask you, do you want to save it? The answer is no. Yeah. Absolutely, positively no. So it's going to be a hard one for me because I'm not one who handles unexpected charges very well. I like I, I like a maximum of control over things. Well, yeah. So. There are a lot Let's of things see. I can say to that um, that I'll tell you in the break. That I'm going to have to let go of it. So, uh, no, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. <laughs> Let's. I'm going to. I'm going to keep it at that. Okay. Um, <laughs> time now for sure? uh, the final word. Yeah. <laughs> the final word. 
is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, I don't have a question for this one, but I just wanted to bring it up because I'm seeing it on Twitter from a couple of the uh, local Nuggets beat writers and related to what you guys were talking about last segment with Nikola Jokic's very much improved defense this season. Michael Malone said pregame today, people around the NBA are going to scoff at this, but Nikola Jokic should be an all-NBA defensive player. So whether or not the uh, national media and other NBA fans outside of Denver will recognize it, it's good that his coach is uh, doing some lobbying for him. Just in case you missed it. Thank you for that commentary. You're welcome. And you're right. And Malone's right, and you're right. Did you did you see the thing that the uh, the athletic put out there today about how when Nikola Jokic is on the court, yep. the Nuggets are plus twelve point eight points per one hundred yep. possessions, and then they're minus that same number. They're minus fifteen point two, literally when he per hundred possessions, literally the worst team in NBA history when he is not out there. And, of course, we've talked about how he's on pace for the highest PER of any player in the history of the game for a single season. If he's not the MVP... He won't be. You and I talked about it last yeah. week. He it's, won't a, be. it's a fraud of a vote if he's not the MVP. I agree. If it were taken today. I think a lot of people would agree with you, Mace, that a lot of things in the NBA are fixed. So, um, What about agree with me? Wouldn't be why, did, why, is it, why is it always Mace is the right one? Well, Mace made the that first hurts my point. feelings. Oh, he made but the, you, oh, he you made were correct. Point. You were right. correct, too, because you, know you guys whatever, were both Dan, on the same page with finish it. Finish the show with Mason. I'm <laughs> All right. Just in case you missed it, Joe Johnson returning to the NBA after a three-year absence, signing a 10-day contract with the Boston Celtics. He last played for the Houston Rockets in 2018. Seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson. Lance Stevenson also back in the NBA. He was with the Nuggets G League affiliate. He last played in 2018. And he is joining the Hawks. We saw Isaiah Thomas go to the Lakers. So some of these replacement players have not played NBA basketball for a couple of years. What is the longest an all-star caliber player could step away from the game in each of the big four sports and return to play at a similar level? I can give you a, a real easy answer. Go back to World War II when Bob Feller served. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see who Ted Williams served. And a bunch of other guys served, and they took off, I don't know. What, Five, what? six years in some cases. And, oh, by the way, how many years was Muhammad Ali out of boxing? Right. And the thing is, Joe Johnson, he was out of the NBA, but he was not out of basketball. Remember, he was in he was in that the Big Three, which is the three-on-three tournament. Right. And do you remember uh, when there was so little going on in sports uh, in 2020, they had that five-on-five the basketball tournament that was played at one site yep. in front of no fans, he was in that as well. So it's not like he was totally absent from competitive basketball right? at a reasonably high level. And oh, by the way, I'm not comparing Joe Johnson to Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan was out of basketball for a couple of years. And again, it's Michael Jordan, but still, you, you, you can make a comeback. Yeah, he's also 40 years old. 
That's another story. You got how how many NBA players do you see playing on the other side of forty? That's a, that's his biggest story right Barry there. Is the time that he was off. NBA, not Tom Brady. Vince Vince Carter got beyond the forty. Well, I'll roll with a follow up question then. Uh, yeah. So obviously it's doable. We're seeing it. We've yeah. seen it in the past. But uh, which sport do you think it would be the hardest? To do it in of the four of major the four sports, sports or any sport, yeah, of the four major leagues in the U.S. Honestly, for now, for for everything but quarterback, it's probably football. Or everything but quarterback or kicking specialist or kicker, punter, quarterback, it's different. But if you include kicker, punter, quarterback, where we've seen a bunch of guys play beyond forty, I'd have to say basketball is the hardest sport in terms. of I think that the impact on the joints as well. I'm going to going gonna, up and down the court. I'm going to extrapolate that. Pick any sport. Not just the big four. What would be the most difficult sport to come back from? Call it a three-year layoff. At the age of 40. Oh, are we putting an age on this? No, it's just an extended absence, so a year or more away from the professional level of playing that sport. Tennis. Because there's so many young kids coming up. It, like Bjorn Borg tried to come back and it didn't work. And he was out, for, I believe, for uh, I want to say it's nine years. And remember, he when he came back, he insisted on using a wood racket at first. Yeah, like that. The 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 tennis racket technology right. had changed dramatically right. in the time that he was away, and he still insisted on going out there. I think it was in Monte Carlo with a wood racket, yeah. and then he realized, oh, I can't do this, and so he went to a more modern racket at the time, and he still... I, I and think, he still but remember, Monica Seles came back after right. she was stabbed. Right. Gunther Parche. And it was remarkable that she did what she did. Right. And it, but she never returned to form. Right. She was never back to 100%. No. So I would say more individual sports, like a swimming, a golf, a tennis, would be the most difficult for a one- to two-year layoff. For sure. But we've seen it. Like, it's a, the closest, I think, to kind of re- approximating what they were before. Kim Kleisters in tennis took a few years off, and she came back, and she was able to play at a high level. But that yeah. was exceptionally rare. That's right. kind of, that's, that is that is the outlier of that situation. My mind went to hockey, but... Why? That's I don't know. That was just my... Tell, no, no, that you, was just my initial... Be part uh, of the conversation. Feeling. Why are you thinking hockey? It's okay. Uh, it's one of the most physical games yep. and mm-hmm. just the yeah the number of games that they play in a season. What if you're playing goal? I think that might be even harder hmm. okay. because you are on the ice the whole time. Granted, you're in one spot, right. but right. the flexibility would probably be something that you would lose a little bit of. Right. Um, so hockey is where my mind went. And, and maybe that's just because we're seeing it so much in basketball right now that I just went to the opposite of basketball, which is hockey. Uh, which 10 win NFL team is that in the music? We ran out because it was long. It was a long discussion. It's only so long. Really? It's yeah. not on a loop. Yeah. No, it is for a couple times. It's like seven minutes long. Well, Mace, if you stop talking so much, maybe we still have music. Yeah. Blame me. Sure. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, just in case you missed it, which 10-win ten, ten NFL team is at the biggest risk of being upset at home this weekend? The Cardinals have the Colts at home on Saturday, the Chiefs hosting the Steelers Sunday, and the Cowboys hosting Washington on Sunday night. Yeah, before the COVID absences for the Chiefs, I would have said the Cardinals because they're going in the wrong direction in Indianapolis with a heavy dose of the best running back in football, Jonathan Taylor, is playing a, a, game, a style game that travels. But you're looking at the Chiefs right now 
in terms of no Kelsey, ha- no Kelsey, no, no Tyree Kill. Kill. Yes, you still have Patrick Mahomes, and that's big, but Pittsburgh highly motivated, playing with its season on the line, still with basically. In spite of everything they've gone through, they've got a chance to win the AFC North in their hands. Believe it or not, uh, th- this is a this is a shaky situation for the Chiefs, and uh, it's potentially bad news for the Broncos because the Broncos' chances of somehow getting in the playoffs, they got to win the next two, but then they got to hope the Chiefs have clinched everything. If the Chiefs lose this game, they'll be playing for something in Week 18 when they come to Denver. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store, try out the appliances before you buy them, not to mention their sales staff. They're going to ask you the right questions. And if you have questions, they have the answers. They've been doing this for a long time. Their sales staff is really experienced. And that is so important if you want to redesign an entire kitchen or get something to fit your budget. Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. With that, there's been so much criticism of Vic Fangio recently, and you can make the case rightfully so. I don't think people are taking a close enough look at what this defense is doing throughout the league in terms of how much it's dominating so much in fact you can make the case this defense is better than the 2015 defense and we've got the numbers to back it up next the world's so bright.